people, welcome to season two, episode five, five of Geeks and Ghosts, season two. Uh, this week we have a very special guest, a good friend of mine. He is the drummer in Random Hand, and there's lots of other things too, because you're frankly amazing. Can we welcome his time, Mr. Sean Oh, well, 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 how we doing? You all right? I'm good, buddy. How are you? What's been I'm, going down? I'm doing real well. I'm good. I'm great. Yeah, everything's going pretty, uh, pretty crazy at the moment. Really busy with lots of stuff. Like, you know, um, Random Hand have been making lots of videos, um, which has been insane. Like, it's been really, really bonkers and busy. Uh, they made like a room instead of a room inside a room last uh, last bank holiday weekend. So that was pretty in insane. I saw a photo from that. Yeah. Well, yeah, well, Sean, what we're going to do here, you see, is we're going to start this podcast talking about your life in music, where you came from, where you've been, where you're going, <laughs> all that sort of shit. And then we're going to talk about ghosts and all things spooky-dookie. I can't wait. You? Have, you, have you been on the exercise bike? I have, yes, yeah, so you can see that, right? Yeah, I've been, uh, I wanted to get myself uh, feeling real, really good for it, you know what I mean? Well, you look and, fantastic, man. Uh, I do a little bit of exercise and I always feel really, like, chipper, you know what I'm saying? Mm. So, yeah, I didn't want to come on and be, be tired. So, yeah. <laughs> I understand that. Well, Sean, <sighs> we're going to start at the beginning. Okay. The Big Bang of Sean Her. How did you, <laughs> my man, get your start in the world of music? Um, well, I suppose it all started really when I started going to, um, I had an uncle, like I've got uh, my mum's brother, uh, he lives in Cornwall, right? And I was from North Wales. Yeah. So, um, every now and again, basically like, well, they decided that they would just, uh, take me down there for a week and, uh, to, to Cornwall, go and stay with my uncle and that, and they stayed with us and I was loving it so much. They were just like, oh, should we just like fuck off and leave him? He seems to be having a really good time here. So like they, <laughs> they just went AWOL for a week and uh, left me with my uncle and my auntie. And um, my auntie was like a diehard Queen fan. She absolutely loved them. So yeah. the band Queen or the Queen? Oh yeah, no, the the, the good Queen, like you know the, uh, <laughs> the real one. <laughs> so, uh, but like I started watching all the videos and that, and. Um, I just loved the drummer, Roger Taylor. I thought it was amazing. Like he had these sunnies and he had a, he had a blonde mullet, man. You know what I mean? So I was yeah, just yeah. a leather jacket. He looked the part all the time. So I was like, get in, this guy's amazing. So I started trying to be uh, an imitation of that guy just by beating the shit out of um, all the biscuit tins at my auntie, auntie and uncle's <laughs> house. <laughs> and then I got back up to, uh, to North Wales and just started doing the same, basically until they bought me a drum kit. I just had to make them cave. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. Yeah, yeah. So in the end, you know, uh, I just I just kept persevering, man. Just kept persisting, and uh, eventually they got me a drum kit. Um, and like, it was a full drum kit, like, and they didn't know how to set it up. So like, they uh, sent me like to walk the dog around the around the block. And when I came back, they were like, um, "Yeah, you're gonna need to do another another walk around the block, mate, because like, you know, we're not ready yet." So went around again, and then knocked on the door, and they were like, "Nah, we're still not ready." And then uh, I got up like after the third time. And this drum kit was like laid out like there's a drum there's a facebook group i follow called badly sold drums because i just really like to look at badly sold drums like you know <laughs> absolute catastrophe and yeah. it kind of looked like that like so like the snare drum was where the floor tom should be and like 
Yeah, everything was just set up absolutely like in a row, like it was like in a shop window or something. It looked really weird. Like when you go to a venue and they say, we've got a house drum kit, you don't need to bring one. Yeah, exactly. It just looked exactly like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so is, I, is yeah. it always been drums? Drums has always been your passion? Yeah, man. I absolutely adore it. Like, I, uh, it's weird because I've been doing it like a really long time now, innit? It's like I've been drumming for like 25 years and I've tried to pick up Don't other stop. instruments. Yeah, man. It's like, it's <laughs> weird. It's so weird. Like, I, I keep trying to like play the piano. I play, you know, I play a bit of keys. I play a bit of guitar and I sing because like I'm, a, I'm working as a music therapist now. So you've got to do like, you know, a lot of different instruments. Um, but none of them feel anywhere near as good as playing the drums. It just doesn't compare. You know, with like music therapy. Yeah. Is now tell me if I'm wrong. Is that like you get somebody in for therapy and you go, "Are you okay?" Yeah, we just basically make a musical. That's what it's all about. Yeah, well, musicals, <laughs> musicals make everyone feel better. Man, what's your favorite musical? Uh, you know what? It's a weird one because I started watching loads of them recently because I wanted to start trying to uh, branch out a little bit and working like you know dementia care. Um, yeah. So I, I thought to myself, well, I need to know quite a lot of musicals because they seem to get used quite a lot in that area. But um, I really, really loved The Sound of Music. The Hills are a alive, weird man. one. I did not think I'd enjoy that one. I was like, I just finished them all over lockdown like, mm -hmm. and I was just listening to loads of them. When that one came on, I was like, whoa, that is, that's, yeah, loved it. Absolutely loved it. Absolutely amazing. Most of them I didn't like. I'm not a musicals kind of guy, but uh, The Book of Mormon, is like, you know, not seen, seen it, twice. don't know a song. I really want to see it, man. You've got to see it. It is so funny. You'll, I mean, you will wet yourself laughing, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think Greece and Greece 2, uh, top tier, the, the two best musicals. Ah, uh, right. man. You can't go wrong with Greece, but I've never seen Greece 2. I don't know about that one. Like, is it good? Man, yeah. It gets a lot of shit, but some of the tunes on that, man, are just banging. I mean, it's questionable. There's a song like, where a guy is trying to convince his girlfriend to have sex with him because he's claiming that he's going to join the army. He's like, let's do it for our country. The red and the, <laughs> the blue. But, you know, it's... But there's, there's Elements of persuasion. Yeah. Well, yeah, the original Greece was also, yeah, pretty... But, I mean, I've got a T-Birds tattoo right here. Ah, oh, nice. That's how much I love Greece. But, uh, love it. I mean, that, have you seen the Battle of Hell musical? No, I've still not seen that, and I love Meatloaf. It's stunning, man. Is it's it? so good. Yeah, I mean, I cried, I I sang, I saw one of my friends get pushed over a chair and fall down the theatre things on top of loads of other people with all the wine. It was just oh, no. a around good time. And <laughs> it's it's just a great musical, dude. Really, really yeah. good. You can't but, go wrong with the Meat Lord. You can't go wrong with a loaf, man. Although he had some bad ideals, turns out. Bit right we're, we're, we're just going to scooch past them, you we'll know, past that, man, because the music he, was so good. But how? When did you start getting into playing in a band? Um, well, uh, I was in primary school, right? And um, my, that's not I really, a band. That's school. At school, so I was in the school carnival. We had a, a little village carnival because I lived in yeah. a tiny village, and uh, we had a Disney themed carnival. And my head teacher was like, "Do you want to play? Be, do you play drums in the school musical?" So like my dad, like you know, slept the uh, the drum kit over to the school, and like they got like a little built up stage made for everyone, and 
like everyone got on 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 that. But like, yeah, they, they gave me a little riser. You know what I mean? I was only eleven. Ooh. It was absolutely sick. It was so good. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and then I I had a bunch of guys in my primary school that wanted to join a band, and like we'd all like barely just started, and we were all shocking. But uh, we had a really cool like logo. Do you know what yeah. I mean? So like the logo was definitely better than the band. The band was called the Scavengers. Strong name, strong name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, and we had one song. Uh, I think it was called "Walking Down from Heaven." And uh, yeah, the lyrics were insanely bad, but it was hilarious. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what was your first actual band? 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 You were in. Um, I was in a band called Zombina and the Skeletones. Fuck, I remember those. Do you? Yeah, I, I booked them at the West Riding once. No way. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, I didn't ever knew you were in Zombina. Yeah, for a couple of years, um, I w- there was just so much fun. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Every song was about ghosts or, like, zombies, uh, Dracula. Yeah, it was savage. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're the absolute best. They're lovely, lovely people. Um, they do a band called APAT now. Well, a couple of them do. When were you in Zombina? I wonder if I saw you while you were in there. It was like really early on. Like they've been going like a little while, but I I, I joined that band in like two thousand two thousand and one. All right, yeah, yeah. It was after that when I booked them big time. Yeah, but, yeah. crackers, absolutely yeah. crackers. So much fun. And then you and went they, from they, they got Sorry, me onto the Misfits. They got me onto the Misfits and like Rocket from the Crypt. They just got yeah, me onto yeah. loads of really great bands. Yeah, it was awesome. Man, horror yeah. punk is fantastic though you know there's a lot of really good horror punk bands out there and isn't a lot it, of shit ones to be honest it doesn't matter though in it it's just it's just a style it doesn't matter it doesn't <laughs> matter at all it's fantastic it's just perfect it's like a, let's make this genre of just zombies and punk rock fuck yeah you know <laughs> they go hand in hand hence this podcast to be honest you know they totally do yeah, yeah. and then from zombina where'd you go next um i joined a band uh i was in a kind of i was in a band around about the same time called the Wayriders, and mm-hmm. eh, it was a bit of a slow start with those with those lot because um they had some really really uh good ideas but it didn't really kind of like come about for them for quite a while um we did a we did three albums and the third one i'm really really proud of but i don't think any of us are proud of anything we did before that and we did a lot of <laughs> Very questionable ska punk, basically. Yeah. We've all done questionable ska punk. We had those years. Yeah, <laughs> we did. <laughs> As a, a, I was in, like, lived in Leeds when Shiraz first started. And um, I think we were called, uh, people used to call us uh, Trumpet Punk Shit, <laughs> is, uh, is one. Uh, and, you know, Jim Harris. Yeah. I remember the first time he saw us, he, uh, he wrote a beautiful review how we were the worst band he'd ever seen. Oh, that was nice of him, wasn't it? Uh, just like, well, you know, he's a man who doesn't mix his words. Uh, he likes to say it how he sees it, doesn't it? Yeah, he's quite yeah. an opinionated fella. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, we were playing at the cockpit this uh, all day, and it was like King Prawn, it was uh, Whitmore, uh, Sonic Boom 6, they hadn't been going long, us, a bunch of other bands. And we were above Sonic Boom 6 on the bill, because it's when we were popular back then. And I gave Jim a flyer at Joe's as well one night going, oh, you should come to this gig, all right. And he was like, are you above uh, Sonic Boom 6? I was like, yeah, yeah. He's like, that's a fucking disgrace. That's disgusting. <laughs> I was like, 
So do you want to buy a ticket, mate? Because I've got some cheap ones. <laughs> but then we eventually became really, really good friends. <laughs> but you, you know when you, you're He's young, a character, really. You, you know when you're young and you're in like a, a ska punk band who uh, plays questionable ska punk? Yeah. Um, when, you, when people say you're rubbish, you just can't compute. And you're like, but we make everyone so happy. Surely we're wonderful. <laughs> Surely we're the best band in the world. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it figures completely, doesn't it? I think, and yeah. also, I need to add that if there is a picture of you in a white shirt and some big baggy shorts and a tie, I need to see it. Oh, dude! On, on our first gig, I was wearing um, a deer stalker hat, Hawaiian shirt, checkered um, uh, chef pants. Excellent. Looking fantastic. <laughs> you know. Did you get those from the army surplus? Now I was a chef at the time. At oh. <laughs> I was like, well, this is pretty fucking scar. <laughs> but, you know, we've all, we've all had those, especially in the early 2000s, that's what we did. We, everyone played a questionable scar punk. Yeah. That's Do you have a- got to be done. It's a right of passage. Yeah, it's like, uh, I, I sometimes think about the songs we did, but then, like, uh, we had one called Panty Sniffer. That's great. <laughs> Green banana girl, which would never fly today, you know. <laughs> uh, it's just, it's just bad, uh, bad, bad songs. <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's what it was about in the early noughties. You've got to get involved with your questionable ska punk. I'm still in yes. a questionable uh, ska punk band now, in fact. So <laughs> yeah, that's what I was saying. Uh, <laughs> well, as the full name is, racist random hand. <laughs> yeah, is that's that right? right. That's yeah, something yeah, yeah. like that. But were you in, <laughs> uh, after you did play some questionable ska punk, uh, did you? Is that who did you go to next? Because you've been in a few bands. Um, let's see. Uh, I was in a band with a bunch of the guys from the Wayriders, and we kind of really wanted to fuse up like um, a dance, like electro rock hybrid, which is yep. another you know, kind of sketchy uh, scenario we often find ourselves <laughs> in, in the mid-2000s. Uh, yeah. um, but, you know, we gave it a damn good go, I think. Uh, I really enjoyed getting to know, like, you know, all the kind of the physics side of it. Like, you know, I tried to get my head around some of that side. Like, you know, how do you kind of operate a band where, you know, you've got these triggers and stuff, like you've got like an electric yeah. drum kit. And, and then I started like, going from the electric kit to like, you know, like a hybrid kit where I had like a bit of everything. Um, but yeah, we kind of went down to a three piece and uh, we got picked up uh, by, well, it was this program called Orange Unsigned and it was like Alex James from Blur, Joe Wiley. Oh, I remember uh, that show. Yeah. Was it, it, was cool. it was, yeah. Yeah, I used to watch that, man. Yeah, yeah, it was fun, man. We got on that, so that was a nice little break. Um, you know, Calvin Harris said I was like the best drummer of the day, but I'm pretty sure he said that to all the drummers. Nah, just you, man. Uh, but yeah, it was cool. We came on in like the weirdest attire, like, and we got absolutely slated for it by Alex James. He was like, why are you dressed as a golfer? And I was like, I have no real comeback for this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, that was that was interesting. Like, so that was quite nice for a little while. Like, you know, what, that got, what was, what was, a was that band called? Of, uh, that was called Out From Animals. Good name, strong name. Yeah, yeah. It's quite hard to pronounce when you're pissed. That's the only thing. I'll have a 
few more yeah. views and see how hard it is. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see how it we'll see how it goes in like an hour's time, eh? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what happened with that band after um, or end it? Yeah, it kind of just fizzled out naturally, really. Um, yeah. The singer had a manager, and the manager was kind of like you know steering him in, steering the guy in lots of different directions. So mm. we kept kind of like reinventing our sound but not in like a good way it just kept changing because of whatever people were telling those two people that it was kind of popular right in radio one at the time do you know what i mean like someone got wind yeah exactly yeah Yeah. like someone got wind that afrobeat was going to be the next big thing so we've got (laughs) to put more afrobeat in and i was just like i mean i love afrobeat but like i'm not just going to change what i'm doing just to appease someone i don't know it doesn't make sense i remember um early Scar Punk Shiraz days um, and it was always that thing you know, Scar's going to become Radio 1 popular at one time and then Paris Hilton brought out a song which was pretty Scar and uh, Fonz is all guitarist at the time was like this is it man, this is our fucking chance Paris Hilton <laughs> Scar <Ta-da! laughs> but, but it was a banging song, did you hear that song? Yeah, you know what, I never heard it it's really good, man. I'll send you a link later. I think I know which one you mean. You do know which one yeah. I mean. It's a really good song. You know, that should be massive. Yeah. Is it really good or really good? I mean, it's a proper summertime jam. Yeah. You can put it on at a barbecue and go, this is sick. Nice. You know? Has it got a bit of a Lily Allen flavour? Mm-hmm. Which no, is kind of a little bit scar. Yeah, I mean, it's it's, uh, it's like proper... Stars are blind. Stars are blind, yeah. It's like a... Proper laid back, lazy summer scar. It's just really nice. It's like really Rihanna's nice. first album. She got some. Like, she got some. Did Rihanna have some scar? She's from Barbados. Oh, the home of scar. Yeah. Sorry, uh, my friend drunk Dave's trying to film me now. But <laughs> not, not right now, Dave. Just said that this month. Um, I think so, she does for it. Nah, nah. Fucking <laughs> yeah. I, 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 <laughs> but yeah, so that that petered out, and then you moved on to another band because you've been in eighty-four bands. I don't know how many bands I've been in, you know. I need to count it up. Um, but I've been in a lot. Yeah, I've been in about 30. Holy shit! Yeah, I think so. Yeah. But I, I can't remember half of them. <laughs> <laughs> were you, were <laughs> so I'm just lying, Chief? really. Yeah, I played in Chief. Yeah, that was great. Chief, yeah. Chief were a great band. Yeah, it's Chief. And they became River Jumpers, didn't they? Yeah, and River Jumpers were great. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't in them. Yeah, but they I, were I, awesome. I booked them quite a few times. Oh, I'm nice. Cheap, actually, a few times. I used to have a cheap T-shirt. That is savage. Was yeah. it? Um, it would have been after I was playing in them, but did it? Was it the Exposures T-shirt? Yeah, it said Chief. Yeah, and I think and from what I remember, it had some blue on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, to be honest, I've had a lot of band T-shirts over the year. I was uh, thinking about it earlier how many random hand T-shirts I've had over the years. Yeah, and how many I've left. I was wearing one yesterday because you know, I'm kind. I represent the cause. <laughs> Not the band, of course, although they are great too. <laughs> but, uh, how did it come around you coming into the fold with Random Hand? Um, well, let's see. Um, I was getting really fed up with my band around this time. So we'd been to Hamburg to record an album with our new manager who kept telling us to change our sound. Manager's mm, Mate, it, was, it, was, it, wasn't a, it wasn't the best time. So we all jumped at the chance to get on this guy's label because we played South by Southwest in Texas. Sick. 
And this guy was like, oh, I'd really like to sign you. And like always, I'm just really, really keen to walk into a fire and just go, yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Um, but the whole band were really keen on it. So we went to record with this guy in Hamburg who was like this tyrant. and um, A pirate like, or a tyrant? Oh, he was a tyrant. Right. Like, yeah, he was just a very awful human being right. to work with. And um, I would argue, he, he had a quite a nice complex. Um, like, not like he's in a demeanor. He had a nice place. <laughs> and uh, uh, he put us up in his, like, flat above the studio. And our singer said, like, you know, he turned round, like, in the middle of the night. He got woken up by me, uh, air drumming, arguing with the producer. So I'm like, oh, it don't go like that. It goes like this. And I was just, like, absolutely losing the plot because this guy was driving me absolutely nuts. And... Um, <laughs> When we got back after that, um, the band kind of disbanded, like, because we just had too much of a hard time. Yeah. Um, and I just did two gigs with Random Hands. Um, we played, hang on a minute. We did a week. It was a five days for Strung Out. And, um, like, Joe had left, Dimas, Joe, Joe Dimanuitz. Yeah. Joe, Joe Dimuantes. I always pronounce his name wrong. Cause he's, yeah, same. Oh, damn, I'm bad at that. But Dimas. yeah, he, yeah, Dimmers. Yeah. <laughs> he, he, he'd left the band, and um, like someone mentioned that, you know, there was kind of like a, a new post available uh, as the drummer for, for the band. And um, I knew the band like a little bit, like, you know, I knew a couple of them. Um, yeah. And they looked like they were broke as F, but like, absolutely had the best time that's just mm. that was just them in a total nutshell and uh and i just knew i was gonna have a lot of fun but like i was gonna have to abandon all the drumming teaching jobs i'd like quite recently acquired i've been doing that about two years teaching full-time and i was absolutely loving it um but i was in this really weird position like uh living in chester i'd just broken up with my partner at the time uh the band that was in it was falling apart and um, I did this week with them and strung out, had an absolute blast. I uh, got paid 50 quid for five days. And I was like, that's not a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, that's, that's the punk scene. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, I wasn't expecting any more. You know, I was happy to get the 50 quid. But, like, yeah. you know, I was just thinking, you guys, you, don't, you know, it's like, it's a pretty... Uh, like a bold lifestyle choice you got to make when, when you're touring like that in a little yeah. band. Um, so I ummed and ahed about it a lot, like, and I really, really annoyed them because like, I was like, I really want to do it. And they were like, we really want to have you. And I was like, um, let me think about it. And I just couldn't make up my mind. I just couldn't do it. Honestly, Mikey, it was like such a <laughs> difficult period. And in the end, I was like, yeah, I'll do it. And I was like, no, I won't. I can't. And they were, and they were like, make up your mind, Jesus. Like, they were, they were just about to bid me off, I think, when I just went, you know what, sod it, let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. And how many years ago was that? Uh, like 13 years ago. There you go. You see, you made a good decision. Totally did. But you said 13 years ago, but you did have that break. We had a little, we were on a break. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, it's like uh, the amount of bands I've known who've gone on hiatus. And then come back. And like every time a band breaks up, Timber's guitar, Colin's phone to me goes, like, 
No one bites a dust. Shiraz's still here. We'll be standing. And then bands always, then they get back together and they get much bigger. And where they're going, well, we're still here. Same place. <laughs> <laughs> can build around me. You're welcome, guys. You're welcome that we kept the scene alive for you. That's it, man. You hold up the fort. <laughs> yeah. But uh, before you went on the hiatus, like, um, you did, you did like, uh, was it hit reset just before? That's right. Yeah, yeah. With uh, Andy, who was last week's guest, Mr. Hawkins, the very same, yeah. very man, the Hawk Lord. And like, <laughs> um, was it was it like just a case of like you were doing a lot before? You were doing a lot of touring, a lot of records. Just out there, was it just a case of like total burnout? We were getting a little bit uh, burny outy. Yeah. yeah. It was just getting a little bit difficult. Like we were all just kind of thinking, like, well, we're getting pretty close to thirty. Uh, we've not got any money, no aspects, no like, you know, nothing's looking really that great. Something's just... got to give. Yeah, we need to go and get some jobs. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it is better to. Uh, you were doing so fucking much gig wise, because if you people at home don't know, I also work as a music promoter. Um, and uh, it'd be uh, one of those things where every week I'd get the emails coming through and it'd always be random hand, do you want this date? And there'd be a list so long of dates you were doing, just yeah, so long. And it'd be just odd gaps every so often. And it's just like, it's it's hard work. I don't think people realise how fucking hard it can get when you're touring that hard on what is respectfully known as a to- the toilet circuit. You know, you, you'll get the you'll get the uh, some good supports on a, a really good tour, but then you go back and you're doing these same places and stuff. And I totally understand why you got to that point. We did one uh, once where you remember Fandangle? Mm. They were um, amazing. Yeah, we did the Animal Liberation tour, uh, Mr. Shroud's Fandangle uh, tour, and I think that was ninety gigs in ninety two days or something. What? Yeah. Well, you know what Adam Bans is like. Hey, mate. Mate, I got this idea. We're going to get paid this much. We're going to play everywhere. It's going to be beauty. And we're like, you know, the first night we played in like the Lake District in some tiny little town that nobody's ever heard of. And there was like a thousand kids there. And we're like, this tour is going to be the one. And the next <laughs> 85 gigs, we played to like seven people. And those guarantees, <laughs> those guarantees and riders were never there. And I remember oh, the last day of it was the underworld in Camden and we were mm. sat in the back of our shitty van with a loaf of bread that cost 12p and some ham making ham sandwiches we had all this cheap out of date beer in the back that would be taken along so we could have something to drink and so we could get a buzz we bought some poppers and we're pouring it in lemonade and going <laughs> <laughs> so you could go Ooh! we're like this is a bit much. Our old dramatic, like, because that year we toured America, we toured Europe, then we did this 90 day UK tour. And that mm. was a day, like, our old drummer left his really good job, lost his house, lost his wife. <laughs> you know, it was just one of those. Oh, gosh. You know, and it, it does get to a point where you're like, we can't keep doing this. So I totally understand why he went on hiatus. Yes. Yeah. You were doing that. God only knows how many gigs you were doing a year back then. Yeah, they used to do about 200, 200 to 250 when I was 
first joined the bands. Yeah. Fuck. Well, then... Um, it I mean, showed. I, <laughs> <laughs> but I remember, I remember um, when you were doing that, uh, that that end of the road tour before you took the hiatus and uh, we had a great show in Huntsville where Joey Cape ended up playing and the guys have Al- Alkaline Trio who just... That's amazing. Madness night and shit. And then, like, how long did you take the uh, God hiatus for? Three years. Three years. Did you miss it? Yeah, we did. It was really weird to adjust life without random hands when we first mm-hmm. finished. Yeah, I guess if you're spending 250 odd days a year in each of us pockets, then suddenly you just strip that away. You're like, now this is real life. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we we did kind of calm down a little bit before then. We'd kind of yeah. like gently wound it down a little bit, and we were becoming more of like a weekend band. But um, yeah. yeah, like it just going from from a really great time to not having anything kind of coming up next was really, you know, it's something I remember. Like you know, to always plan for if anything like that happened again. You know, always make sure that you've got something else going on. Yeah. We were all just like twiddling our thumbs. I think for a couple of months after that. Oh, of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, just to let you know, we've got like three minutes left of this Zoom, then we'll just set up another one. Cool. Will we edit that part out or uh, send that out? Should we just leave it the fuck in? I don't know, I don't know either. <laughs> but yeah, we'll carry on with this. So, how, uh, aside from like missing touring, did, did you enjoy the hiatus, like seeing real human life? It, it was quite nice. I'm not going to lie. It was yeah. quite nice to get to, back to a bit of uh, normality. Um, we all, uh, the three, well, me and Dan and, no, sorry. <clears throat> Rewind. Me and Joe and Robin all went and finished our degrees. Yeah. Because I'd never done a degree, but the other two had left their degrees. Oh, was it? Yeah, I think Joe left his degree to do the band. Yeah. I think Robin was starting his degree and then finish it or something like that uh so robin went to do a, a degree in um theater mm-hmm. and i went to do a degree in jazz jazz, <laughs> jazz. and uh yeah and Dustin did uh really boring events management yeah which he still does <laughs> yeah but he's crushing it he's but doing really well he's, yeah yeah he's just got his new job on and everything so yeah, yeah. We're, he's we're doing really, really very well. stoked yeah. for him i'm very stoked for him um Right, what we're going to do now is we'll take this quick little break and then okay. I'm going to send you a new code. Then we'll start again because we're far too cheap to buy Zoom. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> Woo! I'll be right back with you, man. Sean. Hello, Chico. Hello, darling. <laughs> <laughs> so, as I was saying... <laughs> So, um, like, you did one of his hiatus, three years. Mm-hmm. Um, how did it all start about the comeback? Like, thought, we're going to come back. Uh, it's probably something to do with Mr. Tilston, isn't it? More than likely. <laughs> <laughs> the man that makes stuff happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, we obviously really gutted that um, we didn't really get to play much of that album when we were coming to a close. Um, when we got back onto it, like, you know, we started playing a few songs off that album and really enjoyed it. Um, yeah. we, we just felt like, you know, it was totally right to keep it going. Like, as soon as we got back together, you know what I mean? Bit of a ropey first practice and then boom, good to go. 
It, but it's like the very cool thing is as well, like you came back, you start playing these songs off hit reset. People were very excited to have you back. Yeah. And I'm gonna say mm-hmm. I think now you've come back and you're more popular than you've ever been. Would you yeah. agree? Um yeah, it's weird how like a haters can do that for a band, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I mean uh uh we played your comeback show in Leeds and it was just Insane. We also played the goodbye show in Leeds. So, oh, amazing. Man. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, it's like, an absolute yeah. honour to always have you with us, man. Like, you know, we get we get you on a bill with us whenever we can because we absolutely love Mr. Shiraz. But, but yeah, so you came back and it's it just seems to be going like from strength to strength to strength. And now you've recorded a, a brand new album with the Hawk Lord Andy Hawkins. Mm-hmm. And how excited are you about this? I really can't wait for that. I absolutely can't wait for everyone to hear the new album. We're all so happy with it. Like, you know, it's been weird. Like, because, you know, uh, in 2020, like, you know, when everything was going a bit mental, um, we started writing a lot more stuff. And I remember, like, writing, like, 10 songs, like, you know, and, like, submitting them all to the band. And uh, you're a drummer. Yeah, I'm a drummer. Yeah, exactly. So, like, well, how can we never write any of my songs, guys? <laughs> What's this song called? One, two, three, four. It's great. And <laughs> <laughs> um, as Andy was saying last week, uh, we were we were bigging up uh, the old Random Hand quite a bit. Uh-huh. And he's like going, um, he's like going, see a band has been going as long as Random Hand, and then to have this new album, which people are getting very excited about. And see a band, twenty years in, doing their, as he said, the best work they've ever done, pushing shit forward and stuff. Like, what should people expect from the new album? Um, so it's got plenty of like you know the usual stuff. Like you know, it's got plenty of scar. You won't be disappointed there, <laughs> but it's got a few twists and turns. You know, it's yeah. we're really excited about it because we've got to push the boat out a little bit, which we creatively just always want to do a little bit of um yeah. i mean like you know i think the way uh joe wanted the uh the, the studio album to go would it would be like you know like dark side of the moon and there'd be like you know alarm clocks and monkeys and um <laughs> who knows what you know what i mean like you know we, we'd record it in a swimming pool and 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 just take like you know 30 seconds of it and uh <laughs> Time's never, you never got that much time when you're working. But but yeah, like you've got, uh, you've got like some guests on the album and stuff. Are you allowed to say who the guests are or is it still top secret? You know what? I'm not sure. I'm not sure if I'm allowed to say who's on it. Uh, But yeah, there are some nice guests. So we're we're very much. I'm allowed to say it. Taylor Swift's on there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Beyonce's on there. Yeah. 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 Stormzy, he's on there. Stormzy's on there. Everyone's on there. Yeah, yeah. Derek Glitter? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> delete, 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 delete. delete. <laughs> He's on vacation. He was too expensive. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Gotta pay that bail, baby. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but it's also like, um, like in this run-up uh, before all this, like um, you debuted Handfest to celebrate 20 years of Random Hand. Yeah. Uh, the first was a two-day at Brudenell. Mm-hmm. Which sold out super fucking quick. Yeah, it was the same, wasn't it? And had some incredible bands on it. Mm-hmm. And um, and then of course, I jumped on the back of that. I was like, <laughs> "What in Huddersfield?" Which um, 
it's still one of my favorite gigs I put on because what a lovely day. Oh, it was wonderful. Yeah. The, the whole idea behind Handfest is like random hand and their mates' bands who pretty much 98% are just fantastic. There's a lot of good bands in the scene, isn't there? You know, there is, and um, yeah, it's been a bit strange kind of like, you know, having something where we organize something and then lots of bands are underneath that, you know, like it's a bit of a strange thing to get your head round. Um, but, you know, you're only going to be 20 years old once, aren't you? You know, Exactly, I mean? man. Yeah, I've might been, as well celebrate it. I've been, I've been 20 years old for 20 odd years now. <laughs> yeah. But, um, <laughs> and, and today, literally today, you've just announced your uh, album tour. Yeah. And some great dates on there. You should check out all the random hand socials and shit, see, because you played some fantastic places. Yeah, going up to Newcastle. Yeah, yeah, we've got Glasgow in there as well, going to Scotland. I've been to Scotland for ages. Yeah, yeah, yeah and then you've got Handfest 3 coming up at the Dome. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you've announced a couple of bands. Mm-hmm. Have you got, do you know all the bands who are playing? Uh, we have most of the list, yeah, but I think I've got to remain a little bit tight-lipped. <laughs> but there are some good ones, though. Yeah, really excited. And, uh, when's the new album out? Uh, in October. Excellent. And does it have a title or is that top secret too? It is. Uh, it will be, we racked and racked our brains. You know, we went over and over. And um, in the end, you know, we managed to come away with some real genius. You know, we were all really pleased with the uh, the title of the new album. And is Simon Mitchell doing the art? Uh, Simon Mitchell did do the art. <laughs> yeah. 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 Look, I like how, like, keep everything stum. It's all <laughs> Oh no, but I am allowed to tell you the name of the album. You are? Uh, yeah, mm -hmm. so I was kind of like, you know, building it up, building it up, building it up. Yeah. Uh, because it is, wait for it, self-titled. Whoa, <laughs> dude. That... Mic drop, oh, self-titled. My, my God, I like it. I like it. Yeah. I mean, you've got the banging new logo and shit as well. Which I, you should have heard, you should have heard the names that were getting floated around, Mikey. It was, tell um, me, tell me. I want to we, hear had to put Rob, we had to put Robin out of his misery. Um, <laughs> what were they? Uh, the ones he kept coming up with, we were just like, oh my God, is this the best you've got? I thought you wrote lyrics. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, what was one? One was, um, oh, I'll have to come back to you. I forgot. They're so bad. Right. I can't <laughs> yeah, it's because you, because you don't want to upset Robin, I know. I understand. That's it. He's a sensitive chap, so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it's one of my favourite things is trying to come up with an album title because you let the other band throw their thruppence in and it's always such bollocks. Oh, God, yeah. Oh, such <laughs> bollocks. <laughs> but, you know, and then, end of the day, I, I know Tim listens to this podcast, so sorry, Tim, but the band throwing their ideas... And I go, oh, yeah, it's all right, it's all right, but I already know what it's going to be called, and I'm going to send it to printing place. So, fuck up. <laughs> it's already gone. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who came up with Labricor then? Was that you? Was that your work? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Labricor, yeah. I mean, it's about a dog that turns into a werewolf. So, what else is it going to be called? Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Look, that's a great concept. Yeah, but I know I'm very excited to see that album out there and very excited to see you out on tour. Hopefully, 
we'll jump on a date or two with you and we'll have a lovely, lovely time. You're damn right. But we've been talking about music for a little while now, Sean. Mm. Now, would you t- like to talk about... The nitty-gritty. The, the paranormal. Yes, I would. The ghosts. <laughs> well, I always start this section of the podcast. I don't know if you've listened to any yet, but I always I say, say... Yeah, well, you'll know the question that's coming. It's this. Mm. I'm going to use your, phone na- uh, your full name. Seanathan Ho. Do you believe in ghosts? Absolutely. My man in Amsterdam. That's <laughs> what I love to hear. And uh, have you always been a believer in the paranormal? Or is this something that sent you that way? Well, you know what? When I was a kid, I always wanted to believe in ghosts. But mm-hmm. um, then my mum uh, gave me this like book. And it was like, uh, I, I, yeah, it was called like Who, What, Where, When, Why. And it had all these little facts in it, and it was great. And um, something really annoyed me, actually, because, like, I was dead into ghosts, and then it was like, why do things go bump in the night? And that was, like, why? One of the why ones, you know? And I was like, but I kind of, I quite enjoyed kind of being a little bit, you know, petrified of uh, things that went bump in the night. And it was like, oh, well, you know, it's just things like, you know, pipes that, like, you know, just need to cool down in the nights to make weird noises. and Bullshit. Yeah, yeah, you always hear these, especially from those, uh, how I like to call them, non-believers, idiots, mm-hmm. talented yeah. producer, one of them. But it's like, yeah, like, well, it could be this, and you're going, it definitely can't be that. Well, it could <laughs> be that. Nah, it might, well, what about my, the, the, the word that pisses me off most when I'm, when I'm talking about ghosts is, well, science. I don't say that. And where's the <laughs> and where's the proof? And you can show them all the proof in the world, as, aside from bringing headless Barry from down the road, the ghost, in to show you. But there's so much shit out there, and so many stories, and people just don't want to believe, and it just sticks. You know, I have been on quite a few ghost uh, tours in my time. I don't know about you. I've been on one or two. Yeah. Know. Sorry, Gallup, you're not a dick. <laughs> Sorry, I upset you, but I didn't mean you're a dick. Yeah, I, I, I went on the Edinburgh one. I went nice. On, uh, Bradford, the old police station. That was really cool. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. What about you? Where, where have you been? What have you done? I wonder if, it, I wonder if they still do that one in Bradford. I'd love to go on that. Mm. Yeah. Um, so I've been on the Chester one. Chester one's really good. I used to live in Chester. Yeah. Um, and there was this guy uh, who was making a sign for the Marlborough Arms, which is, uh, I think it's on Marlborough Street. Um, but he saw a ghost in the cellar. He shit himself and he ran back up from the cellar and finished off making the lettering for his, uh, for his pub. Um, and he spelt it the Marlborough Arms. Oh, do you mean Mal? <laughs> <laughs> indeed, indeed. You know, have you had, have you, like, have you seen anything? Well, uh, there was this one time. Um, but, like, I don't want to go down too much of a, like, a, a macabre story or such, but... Um, do it, man. Well... Uh, you know, my, my own first-hand experience of ghosts is that uh, when I was about, uh, I don't know, I was 12, 
And I got home from school one Friday night and my dad um, is like, um, the dog has broken her arm. She's broken her leg, sorry. The dogs don't have arms. Dogs have broken arms. Her leg. <laughs> she's broken her leg and she's at the vets. And I was like, oh, okay, sounds. Um, turns out my dad was covering up because the dog had been hit by a car and he couldn't figure out how to tell me. Like, you know, he was really struggling oh, to tell me. My dad yeah, was heartbroken yeah. as well. It's a family pet, you know, we, we, were, we were all heartbroken. But these yeah. things happen. Uh, but when I, you know, was coming home from school, I'd just been for my drum lesson, actually. So I was coming home, it was quite late. Uh, it was about like six o'clock or something like that. And I'd saved a little bit of like, what's that sweet called? Where you've got like, um, it's licorice in a tube and it's got like really crazy sherbet in the middle. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know what it's called, but yeah. Um, no, no, not the dib dabs, the... Um, yeah, but yeah, ah, nice. Ah, uh, that's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's so nice. And uh, so, like, I saved like half one for my dog because my dog loved them. Yeah, dogs love licorice. Yeah, well, our dog loved everything. It was a toilet, human. <laughs> uh, it was a doggy uh, garbage disposal. Um, but yeah, we, you know, I, I saved half of that, and I was like, that's for spice. It's for the dog. Weirdly, the dog was called Spice. Don't ask. Um, but. Like, I put it uh, on the shelf, and then I dropped it, and then it just disappeared. It disappeared, Mikey. It was gone. And I was like, where is the, the licorice thing for the dog? And I didn't know about the dog at the time. Like, you know, I was like, oh, where's it gone? It's gone. Where's it gone? <clears throat> Couldn't find it anywhere. And then, like, you know, about an hour later, my mum comes in. My dad, that's the time my mum, what's happened. And, like, you know, it all went a bit nuts. Uh, but... Yeah, the licorice. Mikey, it just disappeared, mate. It, I never found it again. You know what I mean? <laughs> Who, no one picked up that licorice. It was, it was gone. The dog was in my house and it had taken it. That's what I thought. I, think, I think you're right. I think you're I'm right. Convinced. Because, you know, <laughs> dogs have souls, man. Dogs have souls. It's, dogs are beautiful creatures. Of course they have souls. They're, Absolutely. They're not just beautiful creatures. They're the best creatures. They're the best things in the world. Nothing can... All, all that a dog feels is love. You know, it's just... Yeah. Like my boy Bear, he's a, a 14 and a half now. And I love that boy so fucking much. He's just he's there the, through everything. Every yeah. morning he wakes me up uh, at first light, which at the moment is really fucking early. Mm. But I can't be mad at that. Because, you know, he's just, I'll wake up his head going, oh, oh, <laughs> guy, you want to poo? <laughs> you know, <laughs> have you seen All Dogs Go to Heaven? Yeah. No. Don't, mate. Don't watch it. It's a beautiful film, but I like it. I, 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 I don't think of that and an episode of Garfield are the two things that made me cry more than anything, anything else in the oh, world. Oh, mate. Is it like in Transformers when uh, Optimus Prime dies? I know. I mean, my brother told me to see that at the cinema, and um, that's when I realised what uh, mortality is. And my heart was beating so hard in my chest, I thought that I was having a heart attack, and I was <laughs> going to go out at the same time as Prime. So all are one. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah, you know, 
hits hard. Hits hard. You know, even Optimus Prime had a ghost in some of the later cartoons and shit. Oh man, there you go. That's yeah. that's legit, like evidence, you know, yeah. to believe. Uh, I mean, um, aside from the licorice stealing ghost dogs, <laughs> have you got? Uh, that's a good name for an album. Licorice stealing. New Roman album is called <laughs> Licorice Stealing Ghost Dog. <laughs> that could be a Shiraz title, to be honest. Nicking it, mate. Fine. <laughs> uh, but do you have any any other ghostly experiences? Um, nothing firsthand, but um, when I was a kid, uh, we used to get told uh, about a, what was it, like a mansion uh, down the road from us in Wrexham, and it was called Plasteg. And when the teachers really wanted to give us, like, you know, uh, give us the willies, it was like, okay, do you know about Plasteg? And we were like, oh, uh, I realised how that sounded. Uh, <laughs> was it a Catholic school? <laughs> <laughs> so, like, um, yeah, this this place, Plasteg, it was, uh, it's rumoured to have uh, over 14 different ghosts. Holy fuck. That's a lot of that, different that's ghosts. That's more than the film, 13 ghosts. <laughs> you know? Literally, one more. What, what stories do you have about these 14 ghosts, do you know? Well, it was used as a um, a local court and they would trial and hang people at the mansion for, for a certain period. The house itself is over 400 years old. Yeah. Um, but one of the most uh, prominent stories that people uh, report is a woman in white uh, off the A641, I think it is, which is the, the A road that runs past uh, Plasteg. Um, and it's rumoured that uh, basically you see this woman in white because she is a um, daughter of uh, Sir John Trevor the First, who was like some, you know, Welsh king or something. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Sean D. Trevor the Second's dad. Is it? I don't know. Couldn't <laughs> <laughs> <Good laughs> be. I thought you were just Googling that. Like, yeah, that's it. No, no, I'm Googling something to show you in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah, uh, he, you know, was like some kind of uh, aristocrat of some kind. Um, and he, his daughter wanted to run off with the farmer's boy. Well, I've just learned that Sir John Trevor was a Welsh lawyer and politician. He was Speaker of the English House of Commons from 1685 to 1687. And from 1689 to 1695, Trevor also served as Master of the Rolls from 1865 to 1689 and from 1693 to 1717. And now he is now a big fucking ghost. Oh, there you go. That's it, man. That's it. So, like, well, here's the thing. His daughter wanted to run off with the farmer's boy. She gathered up all her jewellery and her money that she could find because um, her dad did not want him to marry. He was, like, absolutely against it. So she went to elope with him, and when she got got all her stuff, uh, she eloped late one night, and she slipped and fell down a well outside the house, and she, she wasn't discovered for, like, three weeks. Fuck. Yeah. And then when the farmer's boy, he's got a crazy Welsh name, uh, what's his name again? Uh, when he found out who, uh, well, you know, what had happened, he couldn't live with the guilt and he hung himself. Mm. So uh, it's a really tragic tale. But yeah, that's why people say they see the woman in white in, uh, in Plasteg. Yeah, roaming around the A641. 
I really want to go and find this. You can place. stay there. You can you, stay there. Oh, really? Because we're on about doing some on site um, episodes, aren't we, Callum? Um, yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we're going to go to um, Pontefract uh, Ghost Town, the Poltergeist house at some point. Shit. It's stuff like this. Um, I was talking to my friend um, Johnny Sellers, a good, good buddy of mine, me and him. Both, both obsessed with ghosts, and we send each other ghost videos, ghost pictures all the time. When there's a new YouTube video from Nukes, we're like, oh, look at this, look at this. And I remember him telling me a story about a house in Huddersfield. And um, there's always been this, like, legend, like, if you walk past this house, you'll see a woman looking out of this window. It's not just, like... Barbara who lives there. It's like it's the same woman, like people being seen her for years and years and years. And um he'd never told somebody this other guy this story. Uh yeah. I think it was his friend Chris where Simon so was he had this really weird experience where he was walking through I think it's Edgerton in Huntsville, which is uh, lots of beautiful big houses there. And he was walking on it and he got this just that feeling, if you know what I mean. We've talked about like people getting this sort of like gut feeling at certain points where like something's not right here. Yeah. And for some reason he looked up at this house and there was this woman just staring out the window, not at him, but just staring down where he was. And she was not, as you say, of this time. There was, and there was something about her. She didn't look quite right. And now I need to go and walk past this house all day, every day, because as much as like, yeah, as much as I'm terrified and petrified of like seeing a ghost, it's that sort of thing where it's so interesting and I do want to see it. And uh, a few guests I've had on, like uh, TJ from Barcel Preachers was on not long ago, and he was saying uh, he had one where he woke up and his grandma who had passed away was in the room and um, he didn't get a feeling of, Fear. It was a feeling of comfort and stuff like that. You know, he got the whole experience of like that feeling that something's somehow different. Yeah. The chills that you get, but it was also a sort of a comfort. And, but I've talked to other people who've seen a ghost and like, it's the worst thing I've had that's ever happened. <laughs> but oh I do want to. Also, Carl's story as well with his granddad. Oh, yeah. Carl Smith, uh, mm-hmm. also about Sue Preachers. He, when he was on, he was saying about when he had an experience with his granddad and. Same thing, this feeling of comfort. But like I said, other people, one of which are terrifying, you know, where you just get this feeling of fucking dread. But yeah. uh, like when we had Andy Hawkins uh, last week, um, and he was telling me some stories for the first time ever that he'd never told anyone. But he had a very strange view on it, how um, he thinks that all spirits must be malevolent at some point, which I don't agree with. So your thought, what's, your, what's your thoughts there? Spirits, so and like, what, like we're all like passing through the but well, his the mortal coil. Like, uh, that he thinks all ghosts must be malevolent in some way. There's must be something terrible that's happened. But then, and you were in the spectrum. I'm talking, yeah, we're talking to other people. Like <laughs> they felt this comfort. Like my stepdad, uh, he felt comfort when he he woke up. Um, I think the night before he married my mum, and there was a lady nearly, and he's an unbeliever, a complete unbeliever. And there's a yeah. lady just kneeling next to my mum while she was asleep, just smiling at my mum. He goes, you know, he couldn't believe his eyes. He rubbed his eyes. He said, no, no, but it was still there. But it was also a feeling of comfort. There was this, like this warmth. So do you think 
ghosts are malevolent, or do you think it's a mixture of both? I don't know, man. I can't help but like shake this idea, like that. Uh, you know, at some point, like you know, whatever you do in your life, like you know, you like your life is trying to teach you something. Yeah, do you know what I mean. Like, and like if you don't learn that lesson, like when you die, like you know that you might go somewhere else and and just kind of have to carry on learning that lesson again and again, like until you learn it, basically, and then you go on to the next phase or whatever. I don't know if like, that's like kind of Bud- Buddhist thing I learned, like uh, I heard about ages ago. Oh, that's cool though. Yeah, yeah. Could be, could be. That's the sort of thing I like. Uh, like every week I'm, I seem to be learning something new and like hopefully bringing back something new to other people so we can try and open up this crazy fucked up paranormal world and learn a little bit more. And that sounds him. really cool. You know, if we do that many pod, if you do that many podcasts, you might just find the answer. Just think, man. I mean, um, our our mutual wonderful friend Steve Jones, uh, when he was on, he was talking about. He told me some great stories about uh, about but think tank and Riverside, and um, he he's messaged me today actually saying, "Oh, mate, something fucking else has happened." That's pretty. He's <laughs> saying. Him and some of the crew were working on something, and uh, mm-hmm. one of the crew saw it by the curtain, a hand there just pulling the curtain back, and they thought it was another guy in the crew. So he went behind, no fucker there. What? Get out. Yeah, so like when we're both up in Newcastle, uh, Steve said it'll give us all a ghost hunt and we can have a good look around. And because some sh- crazy shit happens at Think Tank, he sent me videos, man. Mm-hmm. Like so much so that Steve's going to come down at some point. And we're gonna do episode two with him, but in person Amazing. because we yeah. all love Steve Jones, man. Who how can you not? Yeah. Yeah. But it's like uh, I used to own a record store at one point. And uh, when he was saying about the curtain thing there, it reminded me of that. Like the Saturday girl we had, she quit on the spot one day because there was like all these dressing rooms where people could try on their Grebo Mosha clothing. And yeah. she was in the shop by herself and like where a curtain just rolled back by itself and just oh, was like, get out. Yeah, I always up. get that. Oh. Yeah, she stood up, got her keys, went to the door, walked out, locked the door. I quit. <laughs> that is yeah. fair. That'd me. Yeah, I remember when I was doing that shop up, and uh, I used to get a real big smell of like pipe smoke. Like, yeah, you know, somebody, uh, and, like, you know, that's really weird. Then one day, yeah. this um, old lady popped in. So, do, you, do you mind me coming in? I was just doing the shop up, up going, well, it's not open yet, but yeah, come on in. So going, oh, my uh, husband used to own this, um, and he used to fix watches and clocks. And as she was going on about it, so going, yeah, he'd always have a, a digestive biscuit and a pipe in his hand, smoking his pipe. And I was like, really? the fuck? The fuck, yeah. And they explained um, what, what had happened. I keep smelling pipe smoke. And she's going, that's just him keeping an eye on you. <laughs> so obviously I stopped wanking in that shop. <laughs> <laughs> but Sean, uh, have you got your phone on you? I do. I'm gonna send you a picture. Okay. Um I show this to every guest, although I forgot to send it to Andy last week, even though he was here, I just forgot to show him. Oh, yeah, uh, sure. my friend in Orlando, um send it to him. Brad, he's uh, in a band called The Attack. He's gonna be a guest in August because he's also got a second picture. And when I was in Orlando with him, he showed me this amazing picture. He was a non-believer, now a believer, because when he was in this hotel on a video chat, uh, his missus picked someone up, took a screenshot, sent it him. 
And here's that picture. I want to get your reaction. Is that from a video? Oh, I don't like what's behind him. Exactly, man. It's... That yeah, that is whew, that is crazy. <laughs> it's I think it's it's my favorite favorite ghost picture I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> I would go white if I saw that. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, it's not like, but he said he's got a better one, and he's uh, trying to dig it out. And he said uh, when he becomes on the podcast to be a guest, I'm finally going to let the people at home see the picture because I've not let anyone see it but and then he's uh-huh. gonna give me this second one and shit like that you're not gonna let anyone see it <laughs> and, <don't, laughs> and do the whole thing again but, <laughs> uh, but your thoughts on the paranormal do you, that does it freak you out does it make you feel warm inside um i don't know man i've never had like a feeling of warmth uh at seeing anything like that you know like yeah. tj or carl but um you know, everyone's different, isn't it? Like, you know, um, I'll tell you what, like, my my ex, like, you know, she said that she got this, like, mad chill at, like, three in the morning. Yeah. When we were, like, parked up at the services, just waiting to go home. And, um, like, you know, her mum, like, texted the next day and said, like, you know, your nan had passed away at three o'clock. Fucking hell. I mean, yeah, no, that's, that's like uh, Andy's story last week where he woke up he, when his mum was sick. Woke up out of a, a really deep slumber, and woke up. It woke his wife up, and he's like, he knew that his mum was his mum had passed, and he got yeah. a phone call at that exact moment from his dad saying that. And it is that I mean, there's that there's that energy with that we we've all got, and as we know, energy can never be destroyed; it keeps going on. And I think when you're close to somebody, that energy does pass between people, and um, mm-hmm. and if you're connected to that person, I think there is a weird sort of shift which makes it so it affects you personally you know and not just like not just with death with like something maybe bad's happened to someone in your family or sad that you know to contact them or something like that and there's got to be some creep uh, not creepy but paranormal about that and shit mate 100% there's a lot we don't know about this crazy crazy world man and other worlds beyond. Oh, that's it. It's getting crazy and crazier, isn't it? Would you like to do a ghost hunt with me at some point? Let's do that. I am 100% on board. Would you... Oh, a random hand just popped up. Hey! <laughs> ah. <laughs> you wacky kids. Um, would you ever do a Ouija board? Got me... Uh, I'm a little bit, little bit funny about the old Ouija board, actually, mate. Same, I've never mate. done one. Yeah. You know, never yeah. done one. And when I hear about people doing them, um, yeah. I tell you what, there's a, a place uh, in Holland called Gerrit on Air. Mm-hmm. And you've just reminded me basically like about last time I felt really weird. And it was at the, the graveyard right next to the uh, place where they let all the band sleep. It's a converted uh, bunch of scout huts. Or maybe they are used as scout huts for the rest of the year. But in the summer when they hold the festival, Gerrit on Air, or Yara on air. I'm not sure. Yeah, which yeah. One it's You're playing there this year, right? With Rancid and stuff. Oh yeah, it's gonna be amazing. I know. Um, Am I your drum tech for that? Yes, you are. Sick. Getting You're here. coming. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, yeah the, the, the graves you see there are—it's so many. It's so many white crosses, and it really is quite a shock to look at. Oh uh, no, it's like uh, I remember when we were on tour in the states, and we were in uh, New Orleans, 
and we're walking around the graveyards there and all like mausoleums and stuff and and it because of like the hurricane that happened hurricane katrina like still like things sticking out of the ground from and it's just this this sort of like energy this feeling in that whole place it's just like so after oh it's after 2004 then well yeah i mean it happened yeah but yeah it's like just just a lot of it it is just that crazy feeling where something's just not quite right you know yeah, you can feel it but yeah I, i'm the same with like ouija boards it, it uh, so I've done one once. I did not like it at all. <laughs> it, 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 it was creepy. Callum, the producer here, non-believer, but also said would, would not oh, fuck that. Would not do a Ouija board, you know. So <laughs> everybody knows how fucking. He's a wise man. Yeah. yeah, he's a wise dude. Yeah. Well, I, I don't want to take up all your time here tonight, so I've just got a couple more things to chat to you about quickly. Yeah, far away, man. Number one, you would probably know that this question's coming. Sean Hurt. Would you fuck a ghost? I don't know. It sounds kinky. It does sound kinky. <laughs> yeah. I think it would just feel a bit too weird. Yeah. That's a strange. Um, I mean, like, I've had sleep paralysis before and I was absolutely convinced I was getting haunted. Well, you see, the, 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 it, every, I think 90% of our guests, we've talked about sleep paralysis and every single one of them has a very similar feeling, um, seeing very similar things, and I can only put that down to fucking some some paranormal energy of some sort. Yeah. You know, it's like, what what was your sleep paralysis like? Sorry about this. Stop. Oh, it's fine. Uh, I thought uh, I was getting legitimately haunted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've had it a few times now, and apparently it can be brought on through stress, um or other things that are going on but yeah the first time i had that i thought i was getting haunted because it's the the way something kind of can lay on your chest or you can feel pressure on certain parts of your body i was just convinced it was my old dog because my old dog used to come and lay down on my chest it was crazy honestly i, I was mean, like why has come back she's she's back if you could have some sleep paralysis that's the one you want you don't yeah. want you don't want a big demon Big scary mass of people being seen walking around our rooms and pinning them down. If it you do not need that. If it's spice, was it? Yeah, the licorice dog. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, if it's spice, and that's a good one to have. Hmm. You know, <laughs> that's got to make you feel real good. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Sean, thank you so much for joining me for gigs and ghosts today. I hope you've had a nice time. I've had a great time. I would hundred percent do this again, and I'm hundred percent coming on a uh, ghost tour with you sometime. We will do it, man. We'll get big old Stevie Jones and we'll do it all together, man. It'll be great times. Well, best of luck with this new album. Scooby-Doo. It's not going to need any luck because it's going to be fantastic and amazing. The tour is going to be amazing. Uh, go check out Random Hand. Go check out everything Sean does because he's an all-around good guy. Giving uh, our drummer Ian some lessons at the moment, I believe. I am, yeah. I don't. I can't teach him much because he's damn good. But he, yeah. ta- he, t- he talks great things about you, though, man. He does talk oh, great things. Oh, that's nice. He, he, t- oh, he told me to tell you he's been practising really hard and then he said some word. I don't know what that word was, but he's been practising it hard. Is it his paradiddle diddles? <laughs> yeah, good old handsome Ian. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, thank you so much, man. It's always a pleasure to see your happy face, man. You and too, bro. It's been a pleasure. We'll have soon. Um, 
Like you said, go check out Random Hand on everything they do. Go check out Sean on everything he does. Uh, thank you all once again for joining us for Gigs and Ghosts. We'll be back next week. I don't know who the guest is yet. I probably do, but I forget a lot because of the ghosts in my mind. <laughs> John, <laughs> you keep being you, and we will hang very, very soon. Thank you, mate. It's been so lovely. Thanks, both of you. Real pleasure. Peace. Take it easy. Stay spooky. Yeah.